Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 87. Uh, so we didn't do five good things last week because there was the big Henry Cavill news. So we figured we'll swap it out and do five good things this week. Uh, and we had about half of this episode done earlier in the week on our normal scheduled day. While we were recording, the computer just decided to completely shut off. So that's why this episode's a little later, but we still wanted to do it. Um, so, yeah, our main discussion this week is five good things about a 2011 movie called Immortals, which Josh completely forgot that it starred Henry Cavill, <laughs> which is why I thought we were watching this to begin with. <laughs> I just yeah <laughs> um I well because I I said it because generally speaking is the best looking trash around but um and then like I remember you said you watched it and I was like okay cool I'll watch it tonight and then you got a text at what was probably 10 o'clock or something like that it was like Henry Cavill's in this movie yeah I was like uh that's the only thing I knew about this movie going into it was that Henry Cavill was in it. But okay, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it more tomorrow, uh, in a little bit later. But <laughs> yeah, Josh made a little bit of a fupa there. Uh, and we'll talk about it in a little bit. As far as five good things, this is nowhere near the worst we've ever seen. Oh, I would uh, I would agree with that. Um, like I said, it's the best looking trash I think we've ever watched. Oh yeah, uh, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I am chilling like a villain, man. I am <laughs> really sore tonight. I, yeah, you uh, started got my... back in the ring, didn't you? Yeah, I got back in the ring today at a new new school, new location, new state. Um, and, I mean, I'll tell you more about it off air, but uh, I think it's safe to say that this might end up being career-defining. So I'm just pretty excited right now. Big things in the work for Crowley there. Yeah, buddy. But big things in a in store for the podcast too. We're not going to tip our hand, but oh, let's just say yeah. there's things stewing in the pot. We've turned the crock pot on. Just wait a couple hours and it'll be ready. <laughs> wait a wait a couple paychecks. We'll make it work. <laughs> it's the weirdest <laughs> metaphor, but I'm sticking with it. Josh, you watching anything I, good lately? Um, not really. I've been watching a lot of wrestling, and really, any of my downtime, I've decided. Weirdly enough, kind of in a way going into our first topic, I uh, I had decided, like I finished Doom 2016 because I got it for like seven bucks and I was like, okay, cool. Um, and I remembered I hadn't finished Horizon Zero Dawn. So I was like, okay. So I deleted, like I went in and tried to play and was remembered why I quit because I had gotten stuck and it was just, it, there was no way to backtrack to get the stuff I needed, blah, blah, blah. So I just kind of deleted my whole save file and restarted. So I've been doing that. And then the next day, a certain news comes out that we're getting a sequel. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. And I'm glad you, you, teed me up there a little bit because i haven't really been watching anything other than the one of the greatest shows ever uh the original whose line is it anyway on hbo max (laughs) so good so good um i haven't really been watching as much stuff i have been playing a bunch of stuff i've been adamant that i'm finishing the last of us and i just finished it a couple hours ago well another playthrough before last of us two drops next week because i pre-ordered that a long time ago and i'm so excited to see that the reviews are like giving it nine and a half and tens. Like the lowest Good. I've seen for this game is a nine out of 10. Jeez, dude, that's, that's tough. 
I mean, like, everyone's like, it's good, <laughs> but don't expect to enjoy playing it. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Kind of like those first 15 minutes of the first one. Like, it's like you're playing a game. All right. But geez. <laughs> yeah. So it was even cooler, though, is like Heather has known about this game. I don't, she's just never sat down and watched me play it just because it's not a game that you could just casually throw on like you could yeah, like a absolutely. call of duty or battlefront and so since i picked it up at like the halfway point to finish this she's watched like the whole thing and she's just like locked in like it's a tv show and just like good because it's not her type of game normally because for those that don't know last of us is incredibly dark and violent yes it is it's very t- tough to watch like, at there's times. a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's really really tough um, like both emotionally and just oh it is not easy to watch sometimes but no, it's a rewarding experience. It, it doesn't even feel like a game at times. Um, so yeah, she was locked yeah. in real quick. And she's just like, can't there be at least one good person in this game? I'm like, nope. That's the apocalypse. I mean, there are no good I mean, people. Jo- 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 Joel's good. <laughs> he mows down everyone, though. I mean, yeah, but you're going to say that as a Batman fan? Yes, because Batman shouldn't kill people. <laughs> but he's going <laughs> to... Okay, I actually... actually I had this discussion with with a friend of mine like literally a few hours ago. Of uh, could you imagine trying to sell like an eighth of coke on the side so- on like the street corner and Batman comes out of nowhere and breaks every bone in your body, but then won't kill Joker? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that would make me ticked. Actually, <laughs> I'll grab that bull by the horns and take the Batman thing you said actually to transition us into our first topic because nice. I will give. Our first news topic, a 9 out of 10, and it doesn't get a 10 out of 10 because I really thought that this event would be used to announce, or one of the games that they would announce, is the next Batman Arkham game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seemed, because that's been like the worst kept secret in video games for a while, is we're getting a new Batman game. But that did not happen. Um, thankfully, we got plenty of other things that were announced. And what I'm talking about is Friday, Sony had their big... Uh, virtual like press conference is a little over an hour announcing the PlayStation five and a whole bunch of titles that will be coming with it either at launch or in the foreseeable future. Um, Josh, did you catch any of this press conference or is there anything that stood out to you in particular? Um, I did not catch it. Um, primarily because I was at work when everything dropped. Hmm. Um, but again, like I was saying though, like I didn't even know that her, like I have not, I haven't finished Horizon Zero Dawn, so I didn't know if there could be a second one. Um, but apparently, they're gonna make, they're making a second, and it looks amazing, and I'm excited about it. Um, the console itself looks like a Wi-Fi um, router, like router. But I mean, at the same time, it also looks really slick. I've seen some of the other color schemes that they're going to use, and that looks really, really cool as well. Yeah, I kind of want there to be a black version. The white just doesn't do it for me, just because I know me. Uh, I'm like, that's going to get dusty and gross real quick. Yes. Allegedly, they're making a Miles Morales version, so it's black with the red lighting. See, I haven't seen anything official about that, but I would love that. Which, Speaking of which, the first trailer that they show for a new game will be a Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Not a DLC, not a spinoff. But it feels like, well, it is technically a spinoff, but a full-fledged Miles Morales as the main character game. Mm-hmm. Now, coming out of the uh, PS4 Spider-Man game, there's a lot of talk of maybe he'll be a um, side character in the next Spider-Man game or have a bigger role. 
Uh, but no, he's going to his own game. And to me, it doesn't feel so much like a sequel to Sony's uh, PS4 Spider-Man game as it is a game that exists in that same universe. Which I don't know, outside of really the Resident Evil saga, uh, which we'll talk uh, we'll talk about in a, in a few, but Ooh. I don't know anything else that has really done that where like, hey, this is a game that that you know exists in the realm in which you are you the last game did but it's not those characters i think maybe was it infamous uh prototype i think prototype did that but really or infamous one of the two but not really any other games have really done that and the graphics look amazing everything i mean i'm excited about it the storytelling ability that they showed in, in the first ps4 um spider-man game is exemplary and i'm ex- beyond excited to see what they do with miles um especially with us already know knowing what happens to his dad yeah i like that this doesn't feel like a shoehorned game it feels like an organic thing to fit with that um the ps4 version like it fits perfectly like yeah. it, it's not a sequel but it still could somewhat be connected to that game um yes like, I know some people are talking about the Avengers game coming up could be connected to the Spider-Man one because it's not on that same area, which I'm not going to lie. That Avengers game still looks like trash to me. Um, yes. But this one, I think there's a lot of potential here. And I think it's really, really awesome to see Miles now leading his own game because I know a lot of people are calling for that and have been for a while to have more Miles related stuff, which the discussions have now begun of, well, at what point now do we see a Miles Morales live action movie? And I think mm, sooner rather than later, I think with this trailer reveal. Uh, I'm not sure about that only because of how old or sorry, how young uh, Tom's character is. in so, the film still. I've had a thought recently, which is always Uh-oh. dangerous. Yeah. What if Tom Holland's Spider-Man is the MCU Spider-Man and Miles is the Venomverse Spider-Man? Ooh! Don't you tempt me with that. Have your cake and eat it too. Everybody wins. Really interesting. And then bring everybody together for a Spider Verse. That would, huh? Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Doesn't technically break anything. Like (laughs) the only thing is, you'd have to have a Peter Parker Spider Man in the Venomverse, and then you could kill him off, and that's where Miles comes in. Yes, I agree. Uh, You almost have to do that. I have not played Horizon Zero Dawn before, but seeing the trailer what? for the new one makes me go, okay, I'm going to need to go back and play that because Horizon, I think it's Forbidden West, I think is what the sequel's called, looks mm-hmm. beautiful. All the games that they showed off um, looked gorgeous from a visual standpoint. Some of them looked really, really odd. I actually did. I watched the show live from it because I had nothing better to do. And I was very curious and was expecting Arkham news, but I didn't get that, of course. Um, There's some odd, odd games. Like there's one that looks like Rocket League, except your whole goal is to destroy the other people's cars and hopefully destroy people before they get into their cars. Um, Yeah. But you brought it up earlier. Uh, Obviously, Spider-Man, Miles Morales is top of, okay, I'm interested. And then closely followed behind by Horizon Forbidden West. Number three, though is the trailer just came out of nowhere, which was, it just shown on screen, Village. The trailer in itself, I was like, oh, Village, that sounds really interesting. 
Resident Evil 8 village. It's like, oh, that makes a big world of difference right there. Yep. It'll be interesting. I was joking with a friend. I was like, did you know that M. Night Shyamalan is actually uh, the creative director for this game? <laughs> and it's a sequel to P.T. Yes. Because <laughs> just, to, just to make that little twist. But, like, um, but no, like I'm excited, dude. I mean, we haven't had... I think we, they've done remasters, but I don't really yes, remember... Yes, I have one mo- of the remasters. It's really yeah, good. I don't remember the last... Like full fledged re- uh, Resident Evil game that they've had that I get okay I'll I'll preface this Re- last Resident Evil game that, that that they've made that I've enjoyed. Mm. Yeah, there's been a lot that have been trash. I, I'll full disclosure I'm not the biggest Resident Evil fan, but looking at yeah. the spookiness of Village's trailer, I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but I'm very 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 much interested in this. Yeah, I, my hope is that they kind of get away from like the raccoon city stuff and then also simultaneously kind of bring it back to the creepiness of the first one because the first one because of like it's a zombie game by all means but because of the restrictiveness of your controls it was and made it really really tough and really scary yeah i've played i think it's resident evil 2 remastered whichever one is the more recent one and that one is like that of you don't have a lot of ammo and you're very nervous the whole time and <laughs> plays yeah. really, really well. Um, I think it's no coincidence that the one bit of information that we did not get from this press conference is a price point for the PS5. Yes, which we've gotten quite a few different prices since the since that. Yeah, it's I've all across the-, the board. Of I've right now, I've heard the best estimations are. 500 or 550 which isn't too far off honestly because no, i mean you can I'd still get, pay for it yeah i mean you can get a decent ps4 right now for for about just a little over 400 and then you're gonna say all right cool so we're gonna get the new one for about 100 100 150 more and it's gonna almost triple all of the specs now i gotta ask because I, I already knew my answer um as soon as they showed them Will you be going, they'll be releasing two different versions, one with a disc port and one that's completely disc free. Um, which one will you be getting? Disc free. Yeah, I, I think you know that about me. I Really? I buy I'll, I buy almost all the games I've ever gotten. I, I buy in the, in the store. See, I will be getting the one with the disc port because the PS5 is also an HD Blu-ray player. Um, okay, okay. And while I already have an UHD player, I still want the option to be able to watch stuff on my thing. And also, I, I have a ton of my PS4 games on disc, so I want to be able to play that's, those. Yeah, that's fair. That's I fair. think I'd much rather I mean, have it and not need it very much than need it and not have fair. it. You're, you're not wrong on that one. I'll be curious what the price difference will be on those two. If at all, yeah, because I mean, the the other estimation I heard was eight hundred, and I was like, nobody's gonna drop almost a grand on this system if it's that much. Yeah, I've, that's like gaming PC costs right there. Yeah, which and even I mean, then you can get fair, a good PC for a lot cheaper than that. Yeah, you're not wrong, and honestly, in some way, I mean, I still think PC is in some ways better, but I mean, the consoles are catching up, man. Oh yeah, very quickly. Um, as a whole. I thought it was a good presentation. It could have been better. 
Um, but I'm excited for the future of PlayStation. Um, PS5 looks like it could be a lot of fun, and they seem to know you need good titles at launch. Um, PlayStation mm-hmm. 3 and even PS4. So yeah, it's only a matter of time though before they get their classic Sony staples in there, like God of War 2, maybe an Uncharted 5, a Crash Bandicoot. I mean, I don't know about you, but God of War 2 is more five, five, six. The next God of War is what I'm more excited this about. This new version of God of War. Yeah, it's... Well, of course, you're more excited for God of War, and I'm more excited for Uncharted. Well, yeah. <laughs> naturally. But naturally. I, I think it's primarily it's... And you know me, I have never, ever, ever put stock in ru- in, in rumors. But some of the quote-unquote rumored art from the set for this next one is... Oh my god, it's so beautiful. Uh, before we transition to the next topic, I just thought you'd know. It's like, oh, I gotta tell Josh that. Um, we were loitering around Walmart looking at PS4 games um, just to get out for a little bit. And Heather's like, I really want to play Crash Bandicoot. I'm like, yes, that's Josh's game right there. I think you'd like that's, that one. Uh, yeah, it's Crash Bandicoot and uh, Spyro. Those were the games I grew up with. Um, you might, and this is just because I am who I am. You might want to check on the store right now because I know they're running like a 50% off deal. Yeah. And last time, the last time I checked, they had a bundle of the the Crash, Spyro, and the new CTR. Hmm. Which, Crash Crash Team Racing, for those who don't know. Crash, Crash Bandicoot Racing is always better than Mario Kart. So, Crash Bandicoot got a remaster recently. You know who needs yes. a remaster? Who? Sly Cooper. I mean, I was never into those games, so I, I'm, I'm going to have a moot of opinion here. But, yeah, man. That's I one that I was like, did something happen to that studio that we never heard from them ever again? <laughs> most likely <laughs> i mean that's the that's the gaming world man is i don't even know who has the rights to that game yeah um, sony made them disappear yeah i mean it, it, yeah there's a lot of stuff that in those games that it was a little questionable as well so i mean who knows man i mean the, the world is our oyster with all these re- remasters that they're doing um who knows? Maybe we'll get an actual like new crash. You know, it would be crazy if we got a great new crash game. Holy cow! Maybe, maybe. I mean, we need a good platformer. We haven't had a good platformer in so long. Very true. Well, it's been a slow time for trailers, just because we don't know when things will be opening up. Up, unfortunately, because we have some more delays that we'll talk about in our next news topic. But one project that I don't think will get delayed, and we do finally have a trailer making me a little nervous because we're getting closer and closer to the actual release date well what was supposed to be the release date i think it still will be um bill and ted 3 aka bill and ted face the music in which case bill s preston esquire and ted theodore logan still have not written the song that will save the world and they're playing in front of 40 (laughs) people for taco night um josh what did you think of this trailer and do you have any connection with bill and ted I have no real connection with Bill and Ted. So seeing this, I honestly, and I think I've enjoyed this trailer maybe a little bit more than you, but specifically because I've never really seen the, the old ones in in like 
a full viewing. I've seen clips. I've seen, I know enough about the story to be like, yeah, okay. If I watched it, I could probably call some things, but I don't really, I have don't really have any fond memories of them. Um, so I enjoyed the crap out of this trailer. <laughs> there, there's not a whole lot to guess with the movies. They're very, very simple and straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked, but didn't love the trailer. I thought they didn't really necessarily bring out their a material. Like, it was great to see the characters again, and holy crap, Keanu has really not aged. Um, but it's also weird to see him clean-shaven again. Like, everything I've seen him in the past few years has been with the beard. So With the beard. With the clean-shaven, it's just odd. But um, it was nice to see them again, but I, I don't know. The jokes didn't really land for me, but then again, they could be holding the best, do- best stuff for later, which doesn't normally happen with trailers. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, so I mean, it's the first one. And I liked how they didn't give like a specific date either. Yeah, they just said coming this summer. I'm like, oh, are, are you sh- John Cena? Are you sure about that? Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see, man. It's one of the they may have also like tripped into success accidentally uh, because so obviously Bill and Ted's daughters will play a role in this movie. I've earlier prediction i think they're gonna either help write the song or right now bill and ted the wild stallions don't have lead vocalists so maybe their daughters become the vocalists or help them write the song and that's how they save the world uh but one of the daughters is played by ready or not samara weaving who is an up-and-coming actress in the horror sphere just a big up-and-coming actress so she was cast a long time ago like before she even really became super well known with mm-hmm. like ready or not so they may have lucked out in their casting like um cabin in the woods did with chris hemsworth yeah so i mean we'll, we'll see dude i mean there's a lot of really fun stuff to me in this i mean we don't we haven't had like a real fun adventure like bill and ted really since bill and ted because it's in weird ways so unique it's kind of like a stoner comedy without the stoner. Yeah. Oh, exactly. They're just like, we're just here to make the world a better place. And everybody's like, okay, and? And be excellent to each other. <laughs> so well, I'm excited. <laughs> it should be good. Um, if it sticks to its release date, it'll be on Bill and it should theoretically add up to Bill and Ted Day because it's scheduled to be August 21st, 2020, which if you add up 8, 21, 20, and 20, that's 69. So that's Bill and Ted Day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think this might be a sleeper hit. We never know. I mean, it won't be any more of a – it could only be better than Artemis Fowl. Which – Oh, man. I, I hate to say I called it, but I didn't expect it to be this bad. Artem Cell may have to be our next month's Five Good Things because yeah. that thing is getting roasted like a Spitfire barbecue. <laughs> it's I, – I said no, I said I was going to watch it this weekend, but I, I some other stuff has come up and I'm going to have to yeah, work there's my butt like, off this weekend. There's grass to mow or grass to watch grow <laughs> or – I, I got to go watch paint dry. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Literally anything else. It, Oof, dude. Yeah, Artemis Fowl just looks like it's Artemis Fowl. Oh, get out of here with that. Speaking of unknown dates, let's move on to our next, next news topic. Jeez. 
Yeah, good segue there, Josh. Excellent segue. Um, Excellent. I thought we were making good progress. I thought we were so close <laughs> to theaters reopening. And just when we get close, they just yank it away. Um, because Warner Brothers has just gone, oh, nope, you wanted to go to the movies? Well, that sucks. We're going to delay some stuff. Some stuff for just a little bit. Some stuff for... It's the three uh, three bears. Something got pushed back a little bit. Something got pushed back a medium amount. And something got pushed back a lot. Um, <laughs> so, Tenant, Wonder Woman, and Godzilla vs. Kong all got pushed back, unfortunately. Tenant has now been pushed back two weeks, and that will now be opening July 31st. Wonder Woman has been moved from August, uh, yeah, August to October 2nd, which I find to be an interesting release date. And that, unfortunately... Kong versus Godzilla has been pushed back yet again, and instead of November this year, will come out May 2021. Where do you want to start I mean, with this, Josh? <laughs> What's interesting to me is two of these m- three movies have trailers, and the other one I didn't actually know was going to be happening this year. <laughs> really? Yeah. But then again, I live in a I live in a little hole sometimes. Also, um, King of the Monsters wasn't particularly good. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, in all fairness, Godzilla versus Kong does feel like a summer movie. Yes, in some aspects. that's one of the few things I think is a positive to it moving to May. It didn't. It never felt like a November movie. I was like, this is this is two titans clashing here. Um, yeah, it just sucks that it's been delayed again. Yeah, well, and, but like, and that's the thing too is it, it feels like we've been building to this, um, and you know it's two very well known monsters going to town. So I mean, it, it, to me, it feels more like a summer film. So I think that's going to benefit more. Maybe they got more time to work on uh, special special effects, unlike King of Monsters. Um, yeah, those CGI better be flawless for Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Okay. Before Tenet, we talk about the I other two movies, uh, who are you pulling for, Godzilla or Kong? Um, honestly, Kong. Same. It's just I at this just, point, I think Godzilla's cool, but Kong, I think, is a little bit of the underdog, and also I've liked his movie better than both Godzilla movies. I yeah, and I I, I because of his movie, I have more of an emotional connection to Kong. Yeah. Bring back John C. Riley, you cowards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they honestly i wouldn't be surprised if they did no because yeah they can because he's an american now yep and he got to watch I, a cubs game and watch them lose yeah. oh uh, so um tenant how do we so tenant's been moved two weeks do you think this will have larger implications to like the theaters opening because i know a lot of theaters are looking at tenant as okay this is our big one but now it won't be the first major movie. It will be Mulan actually opens a week before it. I'm okay with that. Um, here's the thing. As much as we want to say how big this film is, I don't think it's going to be a movie that people want to want it to be their first movie going experience post COVID. You know what I mean? I think Christopher Nolan wants it to be. I mean, I agree, and I I don't blame him. But at the same time, 
it, it brings about that like summer movie feel like tenant doesn't feel like that. And it's not because it, I don't think it's, it shouldn't come out in the summer. Like I just feel that given how the country is right now, I don't think tenant is going to be the movie they want to see. It makes me, and maybe it's because we know so little about it. It feels like a Thanksgiving movie. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like There's a, a difference movie. to me between a summer movie and a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, and like uh, you know, maybe they're. I think typically hasn't Nolan almost always released in the summer, know, the last half of the year. It's typically July. Really? Okay. Cool. So July is normally his like timetable. Okay. Well. Well, that makes that point that I was going to make moot. Uh, but, you know, it's we'll see, dude. I mean, two weeks feels like why even bother also. But I don't know. I think it opens the point, door for Mulan. Yes, because if any movie, in my opinion, needs to do well, it's Mulan. Now, it'll be, uh, a lot of the Chinese theaters have been closed and closed permanently because of this. So... I'll be curious to see how that affects Mulan because we were counting on Mulan to do extremely well because of the Chinese markets. Yeah. I, uh, I, w- I, I mean, there's always that, that opportunity. Maybe they're going to put it on like on demand in, in China. I don't know. I think it'll open in some of the Chinese theaters, but like not all of them have closed, but a significant portion of them have. Yeah, so we'll have to see what happens, man. I mean, the the one that's confusing to me is the Wonder Woman one. Of why did you push this at all? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Did I, they the think it was too close to Tenant, and they didn't want to overlap? But I'm like, I don't think that's necessarily the same demographic here. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe there was something that came up that they were like, oh, we should put a little bit more work into this. And so they're going to they're going to use that time, but I mean, who knows? I don't know. It's just odd. Wonder Woman doesn't feel like an October movie to me. It seems like prime summer movie season. It does, especially because it's so bright and colorful. Like that just feels summer. Um, it doesn't feel like a Halloween movie at all. Yeah, and I feel like something's opening around that time too that got pushed, uh, like a Quiet Place or something. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, fall is going to be really interesting movie-wise. Hopefully, this is the last delays, but in this climate, we can never tell. Yeah, especially with the spike happening again. So we'll Dang it, Florida. <laughs> yeah, like I saw a map. It's everywhere. It's it's not It's, it's not like, good, guys, it's all- you're allowed to go outside and touch things again if you have a mask. And so anyway, <laughs> it's just like, guys, you can go outside. Just don't be dumb about it. But life is going back to normal, Nathan. La, la, la. Yeah, sure. And I'm still over here with my like protest sign going, stay inside so we can protect Halloween this year. <laughs> Not the movie, yeah, the season. Let us enjoy Halloween. Oh, okay. <laughs> Protect yourselves so we can enjoy the Halloween season later. You know how big that would be if like the country like was safe safe on Halloween? I'm picturing if the world is safe by Halloween, this year's Halloween will be like a nationwide Mardi Gras. Oh jeez. 
Like there might actually be some sacrifices. Oh, gee. I, mm, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> to appease the Michael Myers gods. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we may need to appease the DC gods because we're going to get yet another Joker if rumors are to be believed with Matt Reeves' new Batman movies. Um, apparently, Matt Reeves is looking to have a completely new incarnation of Joker at some point in these Battinson movies. I am conflicted, to say the least. And I feel like you're kind of in the same boat, Josh. Is that about right? Yeah, I'm I'm conflicted. I, I think I really like Walking Phoenixes, but I can understand why it you can only treat it as a like a standalone film and a standalone character. It would be really in it would be really tricky to write him in. Yeah, and theoretically, like, the timelines, I guess they can make it match up. I think the biggest hurdle would be Todd Phillips, the director of Joker, not wanting to cross over because he's been pretty adamant that it's in its own pocket universe, and I'd be fine with that. Um, My main issues come with, can we please just once have an incarnation of Batman that references Joker, but we just leave Joker alone? Like, we leave him in the toy box for a while because... Everyone has a turn with that thing, and we all just need to let it go for a little bit. There's other people we could have in a Batman movie, you know. Yeah, and I agree. I I think I want them to do something that's a lot like what Homecoming and and Far From Home have done. Regardless of the the success of those movies, um, I like them taking lesser-known villains or, or, or not leading the charge with their their quote-unquote main villain yeah they are like okay let's use some people that haven't gotten their proper screen time yet because spider-man's got a wide rogues gallery so does batman and even so like i have said many times that i want new villains like hush or the court of owls or um this that or the other thing but also there are other plenty of other batman villains that maybe we have seen but we haven't really seen done correctly. I would kill for a truly great Mr. Freeze on the big screen. Like, I agree. That's one of the top of my list of I would love this. Not as much as Court of Owls or Hush, but that's up there. Of I want an accurate Bane, um, which we talked about in the what we'll call the Forgotten episode now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, guys, we have like two or three Forgotten episodes for one reason or another. Um, yeah. Uh, bring us calendar man, you cowards. Huh? Bring us calendar man, you cowards. I thought you said cat man. I was like, I I could go for cat man. (laughs) And yes, that's an actual thing, dude. Yeah. Cat man, calendar man, kite man. Although (laughs) kite man's got a resurgence with the Harley Quinn series. (laughs) And I love him. Oh my goodness. Um, I think condiment man could be fun too. (laughs) Uh, clock king could also be fun Ooh, but i mean we also like need like fun people you can really tell a good story around like mad hatter oh mad hatter would be so much fun dude like there's so many good characters i don't mad hatter teaming up with scarecrow oh dude like that's not that would be tough that would be so tough to deal with uh, just like yeah like there needs to be a good collection of of, of bringing the rogues in and 
It's okay to not use Joker in your first or second film. Yeah, like I don't know. I I always I've always thought Joker was really really overdone. The biggest example of that to me is in Arkham Origins when you think it's going to be Black Mask is the main villain and Joker's just the side character, and then they reveal him to be the main villain. And that just felt really cheap to me of like, oh, we didn't feel like we had a strong enough narrative, so we had to make, we had to fall back on the whole Joker thing. Um, and I'm still hesitant to believe these rumors, not because I don't think Joker will show up at some point, but I don't think Matt Reeves is thinking two or three movies out. I think he's putting his main attention into this Battinson and making sure it's as good as it possibly can be. Then he'll worry about a second or a third movie. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, and that's at least what I hope because guys, like it's not even, <laughs> it's not even done shooting yet. Yeah. It was like not even halfway done shooting. I don't think. Yeah. So there's still time for a uh, little Grayson to slip into that movie. Get Okay. Yes, you're not wrong, but I, the less, the more we get into this development, I don't think Dick Grayson will be in this movie. However, at the very latest, he'll be in the next one because Matt Reese keeps talking about how this movie is going to take a lot of inspiration from the Long Halloween. Well, the Long Halloween had a less successful but still great follow-up um, story arc called Dark Victory, where in that timeline, that's where Robin's introduced. So I could see if. Um, he follows that kind of trajectory of bringing in Robin in the second one and maybe having a good version of Two-Face as a villain. But again, I think Two-Face, not quite to the extent of Joker, but somewhat similar is we've had too many Two-Faces, so maybe not Two-Face. Um, mm-hmm. As much as we would love like a serial killer Riddler, maybe not do Riddler yet. Yeah, because we're already getting Riddler with Paul Dano. The yeah. Literally, my only complaint about this Battinson movie so far is all the members that we've seen or all the casting we've heard so far is character we've seen before, character we've seen before, character we've seen before. I'm like, all right, maybe we just need to get people acclimated to this new world or there's a different incarnation, a more comic book accurate. But I'm just like, all the people we've seen so far are like my top picks of people I don't want to use for a while of Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman. I'm like, we've seen these guys to death with multiple incarnations. So can we move on to some other people? But that could just, I have not seen the movies, so maybe they use them excellently. It's just to me on paper when I hear that these characters are going to be in something, I'm like, there's other people out there, guys. Yeah. I agree. If you it's, had to, uh, if you had to, who would be like your top three picks for Joker? Uh, William Defoe. Um, if I want to go a little younger, maybe Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, kicks and giggles. Let's throw Tom Hardy in there. <laughs> I saw somebody earlier today that I was like, oh, I had not even thought about that, but I forget who it is now. Um, but yeah, both Willem Dafoe and Jake Gyllenhaal are always like the top of my list. And I've been saying that even before, um, what was it, The Lighthouse. I know a lot of people after Lighthouse are just like, well, now we really need to have um, Willem Dafoe. And I'm like, it. Even before that, it, the man's got a creepy face. He does, and I feel like his laugh would be perfect. Oh, 
Uh, one of the ones that I was looking at that was like, oh, yes, if you're not using it for Carnage, uh, get out Caleb Landry Jones. Yeah. That dude's creepy. Yes, he is. I or, mean, I could, or. I could have some fun with um, Skarsgård. Um, was it Bill? Skarsgård. Um, I remember you and I watched this movie together and we were watching it going, oh, if this actor ever takes off, I want him as Joker. And it's that um, Henry from the very first Purge movie. Oh, yeah. That's like spot on Joker. Yeah, I'm down. I don't think that'll happen because I don't know what he's been in since, but. Yeah. I don't know. I just want something different, but not Jared Leto different. (laughs) Honestly, I would. And maybe it's because I'm attached to the series, but the Joker we get in the Batman, the TV show, would be could be a fun new interpretation that doesn't depart too far, but still feels some like something fresh. Yeah, that one's more manic and insane. Like the fact that he legitimately wears a a straight jacket as part of his costume is so perfect to me. I don't know why we haven't done it yet. Yeah, I. I don't know. And also, speaking of costumes, maybe it's just a weird hang-up, but one of my big things with Joaquin Phoenix Joker has always been, why are you wearing the red and the white? Red and the yellow, I mean. Yeah. Like, that's not really Joker colors, but whatever. Now, transitioning from Batman to Spider-Man, I think Robert Pattinson will probably go down as one of the best Batmans ever, but he will never crack that top five greatest comic book movie castings of all time, primarily just because the number one will never be unseated, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. And thankfully, yep. it seems like the comic book gods have listened to our pleads and J.K. Simmons will be sticking around as J. Jonah for what seems like the foreseeable future as he signed on for multiple Spider-Man appearances. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's... I feel like that's an easy decision, but um, <laughs> to bring up something we talked about in the Forgotten episode... Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh you made the point of being like hey like he could have the nick fury effect in that he's the one character that's in everything he's the one that connects all the movies yeah i think he not necessarily nick fury in the terms of assemble everybody because if anything he'd want to disassemble them for being no good menaces to society um <laughs> but being if we don't get Tom Holland and Spider-Man to be the one thing that crosses over between the Venomverse and the MCU, then you could easily have it be J.K. Simmons be like an angry Alex Jones type podcaster or a news reporter like he was in Far From Home. Um, but yeah, I think Far From Home's appearance was like the beginning of some really good things in store for J.K. That could just be being really optimistic, but I'm hopeful that he'll be like Maybe he'll be like the new version of a Stan Lee cameo in a Spider-Man movie of at some point, this is how you know it's a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I I could see that too. Like how, besides the Stan Lee cameo, in all the Avengers movies leading up to Avengers, they had Coulson. So maybe he's like a Coulson type character of a background that is memorable, but only somewhat impacts the plot. Yeah, which would be crazy if, if somehow he like really, really hardcore impacts the plot. I, I don't know how I would, I would feel about that. He sues Spider-Man or funds the lawsuit against Spider-Man. 
That would be nuts. Oh, my goodness. The Daily Bugle is backing a lawsuit against Peter Parker. Oh, my gosh. Oh, dude. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Real quick, just little little idea that came to, came to my mind. Okay? Uh-oh. Because it's, it's weird, but it's based off of one of my favorite um, Daredevil stories. So... Let's say J. Jonah Jameson does that, right? He's like, hey, I'm going to fund uh, you know, either the lawsuit of Spider-Man or I'm going to fund the city's lawyers to um, put him in – to put Spider-Man, a.k.a. Peter Parker, because they know his identity now, put Peter Parker in jail. Okay, so they put Peter Parker in jail, blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, you you know, you're Spider-Man. And all of a sudden, Spider-Man starts appearing everywhere still, even though Peter Parker is in jail. And then, you know, you can find maybe it's Miles or maybe, you know, you, it, oh, dude. Oh, that would be so much fun. Okay, I'd be down for that's how we introduce Miles. <laughs> like Tom found out about Miles and has been training him in secret. But see, I think that'd be a lot of off-screen explaining, and I would agree. But uh, still, <laughs> I'm I'm always okay with more J.K. Simmons in just about anything that I've ever seen him in. He's never bad, like ever. But he really, really excels as J. Jonah Jameson. Um, now, if we can just merge his J. Jonah Jameson persona and his persona in Whiplash to be the ultimate J. Jonah. We ain't ready for that, bro. We are not ready. He okay, the thing I love his performance in Whiplash, but the thing is, he says some genuinely funny but genuinely terrible things to some of these people. I can still see you, mini me. <laughs> were you webbing or were you splashing? <laughs> oh no. Uh, don't look at me. Don't look down there. There's not a Mars bar down there. like it's wrong to laugh at that character you laugh because you're nervous yes you laugh because you're like this guy like it's funny it's really really funny but it's the the way his performance works is it feels like he's legitimately going to kill these musicians well at one point if the drummer didn't duck he would have also true well also if he had (laughs) If you keep him in the MCU as J. Jonah Jameson, whenever you do eventually introduce the Fantastic Four, you can go. I've never liked that Mr. Fantastic guy. <laughs> That's have a really, Miles really Teller extended play. Easter egg. Oh my god. Have Miles Teller play uh like his his uh secretary or something. Have him be Eddie Brock. <laughs> yeah. No, wait, no, no, no. No. We already have an Eddie Brock. Still kind of on the fence about it, but it's on the <laughs> neither here nor but there. That's, having, a, that's another discussion. Yeah, having Miles Teller be like a or like even just a random reporter cameo for J.K. Simmons would just make my day. And he just looks at him. So you like jazz? <laughs> or, or, or he's the one that tells J.K. Simmons about Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, that would be just a really, really cold passing of the torch. <laughs> the like, human yeah, torch. I never was a, I never was a fan of that Mr. Fantastic guy. <laughs> Although, unfortunately, as bad as that movie was, Miles Teller's Mr. Fantastic did have that really awesome scene where he changes his face and I'm like that's a feature I would like to see 
yeah. in a Fantastic Four movie. But wow, we really went down the rabbit hole on that one. Yeah, we yeah we did. Speaking <laughs> of going down the rabbit hole, you want to go down the rabbit hole into a different dimension? Well, I mean, only if it's like involves 2066. What? 2099? Yeah, that's uh, that's what I said. Everyone heard it. That's what I said. You're like dyslexic with numbers except upside down numbers. <laughs> I mean, you can fight me on it. I don't care. <laughs> so as, as, say, my, as my buddy Johnny says, you can't, but can you whoop me though? <laughs> so we bring up dimensions because Spider-Verse 2, it, well, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2 is now officially in production. And I'm going, what took you so long, guys? I mean, outside of COVID. <laughs> but even before COVID, they're just like, ah, should we, should we not? It's like, guys, you made one of the best Spider-Man movies ever, and you made like one of the best movies of the year when it came out. Um, Yes, you should. Why are you dragging well, then, your feet on this? And then you set it up in a completely amazing way, set up your sequel, and you're just going to like drag your feet? Really? But now it is happening. Also, I don't know how it is for animated movies, but I would think animation is a whole lot easier to start that production than a live action one. Cause I would think to an extent you can work from home. Yeah. Well, I, I it kind of depends on the programs that are available, the, yeah. the computer strength and all that. Yeah. But I would think that that one isn't as collaborative in terms of requiring people's scheduling like live action movie like this one you can probably start doing concept yeah. art and early sketches like voice acting comes late into the game i figured for animated movies so i still yeah, would like no, I, one I, day for the animated in the spider-verse to cross over into live action form because gosh dang it i want live action uh, spider-man 2099 played by oscar isaac oh my goodness please that uh, would be a dream so what do you hope for in Into the Spider-Verse 2? Um, more Miles, more Gwen. Uh, I'm okay with them bringing, um, the, them bringing those two back for you know obvious reasons because of how the last one ended. Um, but I would love for them to just go as get as, as weird with it as they did last time. Like be unique, be fun. Uh, I see no problem with bringing in other versions. Um, I mean, <laughs> and uh, unique voice actors like Nicolas Cage as uh, Noir Spider-Man is is seriously one of my favorites. So um, maybe this is just my weird brain working, but I obviously want Spider-Man 2099. I feel like we're going to get that. But I also want Noir to come back. But I want the role of like the really weird out of left feel character like spider-man noir was this time to be spider knight <laughs> like a medieval knight version of spider-man which exists except this time voiced by jamie lannister <laughs> oh no like a medieval knight like that takes to... himself way too seriously who's mystified <laughs> by technology <laughs> what would be fun too is to have uh scarlet spider involved oh if he's not in it, he could be the tease for the third one. But yeah, if not, yeah, I, I'd be hard pressed to, to not have. Saga. I'd be hard pressed to not have Ben in this one. 
Yeah, I I, I I agree. But I mean, then again, honestly, I'm as you know, bring back Miles because that's your centerpiece. And then, I mean, if they don't bring back Gwen, I'll be sad. But okay, sure. I just I, build that cast again because that cast was really was a lot of fun, and that's what that's what you know you need that made the movie as good as it was. So I can see the store, the main story, kind of being like a Back to the Future type of situation of maybe mm-hmm. Miles has done something to damage the multiverse or the Spider-Verse uh, without knowing it. And so that's when Spider-Man 2099 comes in and goes, okay, for my sake, you got to fix this. All of us have to fix something. Um, so would that yeah. require them going like back in time or into the future or 2099? Um, just something that would is bigger in scope. Because, yeah, I liked... In the Spider Verse, a lot. Um, now let's just blow up the story. This is very much a. This is what's happening to Miles's reality. What happens to everybody's reality? What if there's something out there that's threatening everyone's reality? And what if there's yeah. villains from every multiverse? So like, a villain from this universe and villain from this universe and villain from this universe, and that's what maybe we lead to an Endgame type moment where there's Spider Man from all different universes. So, um, <laughs> don't judge me. Um, a concept that you've just said, basically, uh, had, did you ever play the Spider-Man mobile game that was like a, basically a temple run? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Because and it has that concept, doesn't it? Yeah. It's that concept basically. Okay. Like, it, it, I mean, in, to, to the extent it makes sense, like, if there's multiple Spider-Man, there has to be multiple goblins. There has to be multiple Doc Ock's. Like that, that's that's a all these different versions of all the villains get together. So then you get the Sinister Sixes from every single universe. Or like, you know what? Spider-Man can't have all the fun. Here we go. Let's let's just destroy all dimensions. I mean, it, it could be fun. It could be unique. Um, I don't know. Maybe whatever happens, I, I if they do the time travel thing, I need them to bring back Spider Ham, yes, simply please. so so John Mulaney can say that line from his uh, his stand up, which is ah, so we're going back to the past. No, we're going back to the future. <laughs> I would be very much down for that. I'm always okay with anything John Mulaney in the slightest. I love John Mulaney. So I cheered loudly with the Spider-Man 2099 cameo at the end of the first in the Spider-Verse. How much would people lose their minds if the end credits for in the Spider-Verse 2 was a Spider-Man with his head down going, there's been a great power out in the multiverse. My uncle used to say something about great power, lifts his head. It's a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man animated. Oh, dude. I'd have an aneurysm. I think it would. I'm not even the biggest fan of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, but that would make me lose my mind if they brought him back in animated form. That would be so wild. And then have him, obviously you have to have him voice him as well. Or like, oh yeah, for sure. Or like how in the first in the Spider-Verse, we had that reveal of here's Penny Parker, here's Spider-Man Noir, and here's Spider-Ham of, oh, you thought you're the only ones that drifted over here? Of you have Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man up in the rafters, jump down. 
That would be so wild. Oh I don't think we've seen the last of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. I really haven't. If we don't get him in a live action Spider-Verse, which I think we're building towards, I think it'll be animated. Yeah. You'd be really fun is if we got Drake Bell's Spider-Man. Oh, don't, don't you do that to me. Don't you tempt me. <laughs> Cause I mean, they did the Spider-Verse thing and so it's acknowledged the fact that he exists in this in this realm. The great it, the only issue would be that it, I'm pretty sure he's owned by Disney. So true. Um, but in the Spider Verse comics, they crossed over with everything, even the co- even old TV shows. Like I remember, um, they showed Spider Man and his amazing friends. Granted, all those people were brutally killed by the villain. Um, but they're not opposed to throwing out fun Easter eggs. And I oh, bring back Drake Bell Spider Man. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I have said something and now nathan can only think of that oh no let we need to we need to transition to our sponsor before i dwell too much on this thought <laughs> josh Aww. you got a sponsor for us this week um no no not really <laughs> i uh let's go Honestly, yeah. Today's sponsor is brought to you by YouTube. If you can't find it anywhere, it's probably on YouTube. Until it gets taken down a week later. (laughs) Because copyright! So, for our discussion this week, we went with... I thought we picked this because we are still on the Henry Cavill train. Josh just happened to pick it just because it was a movie that exists. Like, we have a queue of, like, movies that we're like, okay, at some point we'll get around to doing this, we'll get around to doing this, we'll get around to doing this. And we narrowed it down to either this or Pacific Rim Uprising. And so I told Josh to call Heads or Tails, and he picked Heads, which I had as Immortals. How did you forget that it was Henry Cavill? I have not seen this ahead of time. And the only thing I knew was this was Henry Cavill before he became really, really well known. And everyone thinks he got jacked for Superman. He got jacked for this movie. Yeah. So, and I think that's why I forgot is because he was not well known. This is, I think, the first movie I ever saw him in. So it was not, and if we're honest, this movie is very forgettable. Oh, yeah. So, um, not bad forgettable, just it's the definition of like TNT would have this on a Thursday night. Yeah. It just, like, I just, I don't know why I forgot because he really doesn't look at all like the Henry Cavill that we know and love now. But no, we'll talk I mean, about him yeah. later. But there's something special about him. Um, Josh, for those that may not know, because I'm sure a lot of people have already forgotten about this really, really forgettable movie. What is Immortals about? Essentially, <clears throat> essentially they, they do the same old, same old story of there's gods and titans and the titans have been imprisoned. And now there's somebody who wants to uh, release the Titans and uh, have another war between the Immortals. And it's nothing memorable. It's very Clash of the Titans meets 300. While I'm watching it, I'm not a big fan of 300, but I'm like, this feels like the director saw 300 was like, I want to do that. I'm going to copy off his paper, but I'll change up the names a little bit. So I don't get called plagiarizing because there's a certain scene at the end where there's like an action scene where they're all fighting in a hallway. And I'm like, this is just quick zooms away from being the 300 scene. Yeah. And not to mention the, uh, the little speech before that. 
Yeah. Like, this movie's not bad at all. We have watched far, far worse. And But I won't put it in that same category of, like, a drive angry of we end up loving it. Um, That being said, if they came out with a remaster, a 4K remaster of this, I would buy this in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's there's a lot of really, really... You, I, I think uh, my dad asked me about it, and he's like, "Oh, would I enjoy it?" I was like, "It's fine." Um, there are some scenes that I feel I would eat that up on a poster. Oh. It'd be it'd, if somebody painted it because some of these look like actual paintings come to life. Oh, for sure. Uh, but I'll have more to say about that later. Um, that's the general overview of it. Uh, Josh, would you recommend this movie to people? yeah yes i I, think i think uh, i would as well on the caveat that you see it on tv and you could have it on in the background yeah like it's not something you're like hey man get the family together we're gonna watch the mortals tonight i mean granted why would you show your family this movie i've got a really weird family if you want to watch henry cavill fight a barbed wired minotaur (laughs) i mean it's a cool idea on paper, okay? There's a lot <laughs> of weird stuff in this that. movie. It's, it's it's or the ball shot, man. The, the, oh. the ball. <laughs> and I can't or, tell if Mickey Rourke is giving a hundred percent or zero percent. Because there's times where I really like his character in this movie, and then there's other times, some most of the time in the same scene, that I'm just like, I don't care for you. <laughs> Yeah, he's not on my five. Um, you ready to get into this? Let's go, man. Um, real quick, I got a couple things. It's just kind of like interesting little tidbits about this. I like tidbits. Um, yeah. Um, I was no so one made a for- snack out of that. Someone just made a I snack know, called man. tidbits. It could be like trail mix. <laughs> so um, I, I know you haven't seen Letterkenny, but there are two people that are on that show that are actually in this film. Okay. Which is wild to me. For those who watch Letterkenny, um, Tannis is one of the oracles, and uh, the guy that plays the really messed up uh, boyfriend to Katie in, in like the eighth season, he's in this somewhere. I, I caught him and then was like, what? Um, also, Kellen Lutz is in this as a god, or as a Greek god. All the Greek many, gods many are years. like really famous people that I'm like, wait. How much did you get paid to be in this movie? I know. And what's crazy is one of them is apparently Hercules. And it's not Wait, Kellen. What? Yeah, I looked at the casting and one of them is Hercules. A lot of the casting for the gods is just odd. Like, yeah. so who remembers the second good, Transformers? But... That blonde girl that ended up being a Decepticon, which I'm still pissed that we never followed up on that really big revelation in Transformers 2. She's in it as Athena? Yeah, there's like a lot of really, really cool stuff in this film. In this film, Luke but Evans is Zeus, which I know. Like, what? What, what is happening? Like, the, the, a lot of the thing about this film is a lot of it on paper is really, really interesting, but because there's not a lot of emotional investment that we like that we're kind of justified in giving, it doesn't matter. I mean. The idea of a Minotaur actually being a really freakishly big person with a barbed wire helmet is super interesting to me, but you don't care <laughs> in the film. 
No, it's like we said, this director has a tendency to have really interesting production design choices. He made this movie called The Cell, which I've seen clips of. It's just odd. He's a very odd individual, very interesting, but very dynamic movies of you can immediately tell his movies. Yeah. And a lot of it's because of the visual style, which I'm sure that we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Uh, kicking us off, what's your number five? Number five is um, uh, is the bull torture scene when it's revealed what's why the bull is is, is constantly yelling. See, I didn't think that was like a big reveal. It's just like, oh, that's a brazen bull. Yeah, there's people yeah, inside I mean, there. Yes, but when I and like when I first saw the film, I had just kind of finished reading about Greek history and some of their 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 torture devices and stuff like that. And so, oh, like, you know, I it's just casual, and, happy reading. <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> um, uh, but now he's moved like, on to Norse torture devices, people. I'm already all about that blood eagle. Anyway, um, but it was because they showed that before the ball shot. And so the ball shot scene uh, kind of like blanks out like what I was going to what I was thinking about when it when about the bull. I'm like, oh, cool. It's just a bull with smoke coming out of the nose. So you're but, saying that's um, some bull. I, you know what? <laughs> Let me have this, okay? I like that. I like the reveal because it, to to me, I don't like when the one thing they do well with Mickey is they don't just sit here and be like, "Yeah, our bad guy's bad. He he bad. We say he bad, so he bad." Like they, he does some really messed up stuff in this movie. Yes. So like you know that he's he's a bad person. And I think he's really mainly mad because, and I no joking here, folks. Look it up. Mickey Rourke's villain character has arguably the weirdest helmet I've ever seen a villain wear to battle. Like weirdest? It's and like he split like a beetle in half and wore it as a helmet. Yeah, it's and like the gold part of it, it's really cool. But I like don't the know. Horns, um, I can live with the horns. It's the teeth in the front of the mask. Yeah, I just there's yeah. The design choices in general in this movie are just fascinatingly bizarre. But that helmet in particular, every time we wore it, I was like, okay, I know you're speaking because your mouth is moving, but I'm so distracted by that thing on your head. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, like my number five uh, for this film is that the the big reveal, I guess. Because in uh, in some ways, you kind of just assume that they killed them or raped them in, or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do we know if the Oracle survived? We don't. And no, it no, looked no, like no, they're no, moving they, a little bit. Yeah, but I think they die in that scene because they all stop moving right then. Do they? Because I thought they cracked open the bull later and I thought they might have been moving, but may not that may have been me just not paying attention as much i mean that that's possible but i the other thing i know is um usually historically whenever they would if they got pulled out too early the colder air would affect because they were in there so hot for so long being opened up and suddenly uh 
being thrust into a cooler temperature would send the body into shock and kill them. Oh, I'd imagine. Um, so, so my number five is the first of two characters that I have on my list. Um, this character played by Steven Dorf. I can't really pronounce his name and I don't even think they ever say his name, but he's labeled as Stavros who is like, I won't even say the friend of Henry Cavill's character because he's they're really standoffish. He's kind of like, if I had to compare him to anybody, he's this movie's Han Solo type character of yeah, dickishly charming. Of There's a scene with some Oracle women and he's already been arrested by the guards and everything else. And one of the Oracles tries to talk to him and he's like, you were a thief in your life. He's like, still I'm a thief. If I wasn't in these chains, I'd steal your heart. I'm like, dang, you have no fear, man. <laughs> like the way he says it was so smooth. And the whole movie, he's just like confident, but like charismatic character that is one of the few like actually stands out performances. I don't think yeah. I know this guy from anything, but he was at least entertaining in every scene that I saw him in of he's always a little bit of a jerk, but he fully embraces that. Like there's never a moment where he turns good. Even when he's fighting alongside Henry Cavill in the final battle, he's still a dick. Yeah. He's like, he's never a good person per se, but like he knows a bad guy when he sees one and he's, he, he knows it's, he's a complex character in the way that like, he's, he's like not quite an anti-hero, but he knows right from wrong. Yeah, like when Henry Cavill gets this magical weapon later, he's like, well, I got the weapon now. And then so Stephen Dorff's character is just like, well, Lottie da you want me to expect, do you want me to treat you any different? Because I won't. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, good. Uh, so yeah, the characters in this aren't particularly memorable. Um, but his, as a supporting character, was your stereotypical, like, comedic relief kind of supporting side character but not full-on comedy but he was enjoyable nonetheless yeah I'll, I'll give you that i i kind of forgot about him uh, i don't blame you uh a lot of the characters are forgettable uh what's your number four uh john hurt oh i he if i had to he's my number six he is i enjoyed he's not in the movie long but the way that him and Cavill interact, I want to see more of that in the film, and we don't get it, mainly because John Hurt is actually Zeus, but that's not the point. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's nice. Yeah, so John Hurt's like my number six, just barely missed the cut. So, I have something really, really mean to say, but not about this movie. Of oh? this John Hurt is a better Paul Kent to Henry Cavill than Kevin Costner was. Oh, dude. Because I'm watching the scene, I'm just like, you're treating him like he's Clark Kent and he's got like some great power that he's going to have to fulfill someday. Oh, but you're teaching man. him to use his powers correctly. Well, and like the way that he he asks, he, he has the conversation with Cavill of like, who, and I love that we're calling him Cav Cavill and not by his character's name. What's um, his character's name? I don't know. It's, um, it's just Henry Cavill to me. <laughs> um but has the that conversation with him about once you're strong enough who will you protect and he's like and Calvin's like only the people that i love and care about my friends and family and he's like okay 
But what about the rest of them? What about the, you know, the poor, the, de- the dejected, like, you know, like what, a, who's going to protect them? And you can like see how we'll be like, well, you're right, man. Who, who is going to do that? Yeah. What Pa Kent should have been saying all along. Yeah. It's, it, it, there's a lot of really, really good conversations that they have. Yeah. I, only reason he's not higher on my list is I wanted more of him, but I've never seen a bad John Hurt performance. He's always good no matter what. So yeah, I was, that's just the big standout to me. It was just like, wow, this is what Pocket was supposed to be giving good advice. <laughs> yeah. My number four is something I talked oh, just briefly about for my number five is the MacGuffin of the movie. The thing that everyone's looking for is this mystical bow that can kill either the gods or the titans or something this bow is awesome so i expected it to be like a bow that any arrow shot from it immediately finds its target or something but you would have to supply the arrows like it's the bow itself that's special no this bow is basically just the curve there is no drawstring there is no arrows that shoot with it but just whenever you go like you're pulling back an actual bow the string magically appears as well as a preloaded arrow i'm looking at it going okay that's awesome. It's really, really cool. And it's to to segue a little bit, that's why it's my number three. Oh, fantastic. It's just, yeah. It's just one of the coolest weapons. Like it's questionable on how it ended up in a rock in the middle of a temple on yeah. a random. Like Mickey whatever. Works characters looking for this bow and arrow. If he goes literally twenty feet to his right and opens a rock, it's there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's also like this rock is like awkward. It's like if you have something attached to the side of your face in this room type of thing of like it's so blatantly obvious that it doesn't fit there. Yeah, like and and once he once uh, Cavill like legitimately stumbles upon it, which is one of my biggest issues with the film is he it doesn't feel necessarily earned that he gets the bow. Because the bow does end up being this really, really rad weapon. That is, like, so out of place. It would be like you are in your house or apartment, and all of a sudden, there's a 50-foot boulder in your living room going, this doesn't feel like it fits here. (laughs) I wonder if there's something inside. But no one thinks to look for some reason. I mean, it makes sense because it's one of those, well, it's too obvious that it could be in there kind of things. But also at no point does nobody think, well, this is supposed to be like a temple. Let's move this awkward rock out of here so we have more room to walk around and worship, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So transition to my number three. Uh, by and large, this movie feels like a very discount, like a Costco version of 300, like an off-brand. Um, the action is nothing to write home about, except for one scene when you get the superpowered beings versus the superpowered beings. All movie, they talk about uh, the gods are really inactive, they don't really do anything, and the titans have been locked away after they lost their war to the gods. Towards the end of the movie, the titans get unleashed. Um, a very different design than I'm used to for titans, and gods for that matter. The gods in this movie are very odd. Um, but when the gods and the titans start swinging at each other, Oh, I woke up really quick from the movie that was putting me to sleep. This was like one of the best scenes in the whole movie. 
Yeah. And while it is different, I actually really, really like the d- design for these Titans. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're just really, really elite fighters as opposed to mythical beings. Yeah. And it's one of those like, okay, it makes sense why you would imprison them because legitimately having them just roam the earth is not a good idea because the, like you said, like in that scene, like some of the stuff that they do to the actual gods is, Oh Lord have mercy. Granted some of the CGI blood has not particularly aged well, but no, when you're watching kind of bland and uninteresting characters, it's like if you're watching a video game and then all of a sudden somebody gets the power up and starts playing as that it's like if rogue one, the Vader hallway scene if you had two Vaders fighting each other in the hallway and all the humans are still there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's like here's humans fighting and then here's super powered beings fighting each other. Yes. And odd little enjoyment of whenever a Titan's killed, they float slowly. Hmm. Also, I didn't know. I don't know why I enjoy that, but it was a nice little like, Oh, okay. That's fun. Was Kellen Lutz, I was about to say Aquaman, but was Kellen Lutz Poseidon? Yes, he's Cause, cause he's supposed to be Poseidon. Because in that fight scene in particular, Poseidon was the one that was really doing the most damage and being the most awesome. Yes, he was. Like, he was going on a kill streak for sure. Yes. Whereas Zeus mostly, was just happy to be there. Yeah, Zeus, it, it, Zeus is honestly one of my problems with this movie. The fact like, that it's a, major problems. The fact that it's Luke Evans... I mean, I don't mind that as much. Ooh, but, I like, like Luke Evans, all, but it's just weird. It's weird. I'd be more okay with it if he actually like did something. Anything. He did it. He pulls a Samson at the end. Cool. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Dripping with sarcasm. But yes, when the so, gods and the titans fight head to head, it's everything you want it to be is intense it's violent it's brutal it's action-packed it's what this movie probably should have been for its entire runtime yes yeah (laughs) what's your number Um, two my number two is just the straight visuals there's the art while odd and interesting uh directions and artistic choices it's visually different from anything Greek God, anything, you know, Greek or Roman type film that we've ever had. It's it's in some of the shots could easily be paintings and we would not even know the difference. Um, the visuals in this film are like we said, like we've been saying, the director is no, kind of known for and you can kind of see why, because they stand out in this film. They, while they don't have a good story surrounding them, they are for the 15 seconds of interest. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. If we're comparing this to 300, like we have been a lot of this show, Zack Snyder, his, he has a very distinct visual style too. Of He's a style over substance guy. Zack Snyder likes to make his movies look like comic books for better, for worse. Um, this movie looks a lot like old paintings, like more than anything else. Doesn't feel like a comic book. Doesn't visually look like 300. It looks like an old school oil painting, uh, but it's gorgeous to look at. And I, I actually really liked the orange and the gold color scheme for most of this movie. 
Yeah, it's there's a lot of really, really beautiful shots. Um, it, did, it made it feel not earthly, like a lot of sword and sandals type yeah. movies, like Clash of the Titans, are very dark and gritty. This was very bright and oversaturated to the point that it didn't feel like Earth. It felt like a different version of Earth. Yeah, and I think that's why. Excuse me. I, I think that's why I got so attached to the actual visuals themselves, because it does feel like a land, like far away, or a land that we've never heard of or seen and will never see again, because it's so old or because it's somewhere else or what have you. Um, specifically, when they go when uh, they meet the oracles for the first time. And they're in that super white salt place. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. But then you have all of the other colors that kind of play off of the all the white. It's just the way that the 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 visuals work. And for the most part, the camera work is not bad either. No, um, there's no shot that maybe go. What was that? Yeah. For the most part, you see everything that the camera is showing you. Um, and the visuals play into that. So, I mean, that's why it's my number two. It's not my favorite thing about the film, but it's, it's definitely up there and it's what this film is known for, for a reason. Yes. Uh, my number two, surprised we haven't talked about it yet, but we had to eventually Henry Cavill playing yeah. something. I, I generally forget what his character's name is. It's just Henry Cavill. Um, <laughs> in lesser hands, Kellen Lutz. Legend of Hercules. Ugh. Um, this role could be completely forgettable. And not saying this role is great or Henry Cavill's best by any means. You can tell he's still cutting his teeth. But there's something about him in this role that even if he wasn't the main character, I think you'd be immediately drawn to him going, this guy's pegged for something big. Right from the get-go, he's got this presence and this charisma that really helps get you behind the character because... Not a lot of the script is getting you behind him, but there's something about yeah. his presence, and maybe it's the fact that we just know it. It's Henry Cavill, but there's something about him that you're like, there's something about this guy. He's gonna be a big thing someday. So, as much as I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan, props to him for casting Cavill as Superman, probably off the back of this, because this was yeah, two years before Man of Steel, and... Cavill is asked a lot in this movie and for a lesser actor, it could have really been a completely forgettable role, but he's really, really good in this. Like you could tell he's giving it his all in this. Um, he's just got this natural likability to him. Um, some of the action scenes, not necessarily it's best, but I don't fault him for that at all. Yeah. And huh, we've been setting each other up all episode. Um, that's why he's my number one. I kind of figured because, that was going to be either your number one or number two. You'll like my number one. Yeah. I, he's seeing the potential in him and see, and cause honestly, he's like you said, he's charismatic. You can see that he could potentially carry a, a film franchise of his own whenever he gets it. Um, <sighs> yes, but stop the, giving him one and done roles. Man from Uncle, Mission Impossible, Man of Steel. <laughs> there's moments here where, like you said, he's charismatic and he does the best that he can with with crap. And 
there's a there's a section of the film where he first meets where his uh, his mother mother gets killed, and he just yeets that she that um spear, and then just goes to town on those guys, and it was one of those like. Okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And then he Superman punches a guy, and I Yes, popped. he does a Superman, Superman punch. I was like, wait, did you try and sneak a Superman punch in there? Foreshadowing? <laughs> I was like, if only they knew. He's do- <laughs> but, well, no, yeah, since he's- it's 2011, he's doing it years before Roman Reigns would do it, too. Oh, that's sad. Um, but, yeah, it's just, he, he carries this film. He... For lack of the story, he you, he does his best to make you care about the main character. Which, again, is a hard ask considering the script that he has to work with isn't necessarily the shiniest. Yeah, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. Well, I'm so glad you set me up with it earlier. I didn't want to give too much away, but... Basically, switch our number two and number one because my number one is the visuals. Um, nice. Because as soon as the movie started, I was like, um, this is kind of gorgeous and I'm having a hard time believing this is just HD. That's why I said at the beginning <laughs> when if this movie became available in 4K, I'd probably buy this really quick because holy crap, this is a really crisp, clean picture. Like, Especially from like 2011. Yeah, this is... Well, for 2011 especially, it was like, this is really sharp picture quality of stunning, stunning, like crystal clear resolution. I was expecting, I don't know what I was expecting, but not to this level of, there's some movies that you could tell are just HD and then this felt like HD plus, like this was mm-hmm. clean, crisp, like holy crap, this is gorgeous like we said earlier it felt like you're watching a painting for a lot of this movie yeah i mean it's a very very shiny turd it's it's hard to watch it's a shiny turd that doesn't stink we'll go with that yeah like it's not a terrible movie uh but i mean okay it's not terrible but it's not really good either um but it's not one that it's a one and done like I would watch this again in a couple of years or if it was on TV. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you said, the visuals for me is what, for the most part, outside of Cavill's performance really sold me on the film because they're so unique and they're so crisp and clean and they make you feel like you're in another world. A gorgeous world. Um, Again, the visuals have to be great because some of the production design, I'm still scratching my head going, what is this? What are you on? <laughs> uh, shout out to all the background paintings that that are in this film because there's no, they, like, it's obvious that they don't use, like, already made Greek art. They definitely did all of their own artwork in this movie, and it really shows for the better. Yes, it I don't think like movies like Clash of the Titans try and emulate its own time period. I think this movie was like trying to be its own fictionalized version of that era of um, hyper stylized, not going for a realistic, but going for just all out different, unique spin. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it really, really doesn't. And it does at times get very bland, but I don't think they're going for historically accurate and I prop them 
I don't normally give people props for that because I like accuracy, but this was just like, we're going all the way with, this is more of a fantasy movie than it is a epic, like an old school mythic epic. Yeah, absolutely. And really, that's why there's a lack of really big swooping shots until really the end. Yeah, for better, for worse. But then again, Mm -hmm. like there's not, the cinematography is not bad. Like we've had some movies for five good things that it's just awful cinematography. Um, It's competent. It knows how to shoot its landscape incredibly well. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like remembering some of the worst movies we've ever watched. Like, you know, your movie's bad left behind when Nicolas Cage is the best thing about it. Well, Nicolas Cage is always the best thing about any movie he's in. But like he's like in left behind. He's legitimately acting his butt off for no reason. I know. I don't know why. Like, Nick, this is one that you can phone in, dude. <laughs> Everybody else is. Why aren't you? You're starring along Chad Michael Murray. Clearly, this is not going to be a good movie. Because <laughs> then he, like, does... Uh, okay. Shout out to the end of this episode for to Nicolas Cage. Because I don't... Anybody that's listening to us long or really has known us for a while knows how much we love the Cage. But he, like... He has such odd tastes in movies like he'll do stuff like Left Behind or Drive Angry, but then he'll also do movies where he stars alongside Elijah Wood and they rob a gang bank. Like, I don't understand this man. Or he stars alongside Holly Hunter and steals a baby. <laughs> I just don't understand this dude, but I I know I enjoy. There may him. be there may come a day where we don't have Nicolas Cage movies for Five Good Things anymore, but it is not this day. <laughs> Josh, you got any closing Dang. thoughts on Immortals? <laughs> Not really, man. I mean, is it worth watching? Yeah, for the most part. If it's I on mean, TV it's, and you can switch you know, to other things that are on. You won't hate yourself afterwards. No, not like Robin Hood. <laughs> which King Arthur's in my HBO Max queue. And I got to get around to watching that at some point. It's got to be better, right? It's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. Well, what do you guys think? Have you seen Immortals? If you have, let us know what you thought about it, if you could find five good things about it. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.